GAA Sports Desk. Brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin. Good evening and welcome to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. In studio this evening, Suzanne Parker and myself, Peter Brannigan. And we begin by thanking Hugh and the Live Drive team for getting you home safely this evening. Horrible wintry night out there, even though it is the first week of April. But Live Drive will return to air tomorrow morning at 7am. Now it's going to be mainly about the small ball games in the next hour or so. In the second half of the show, we're going to be hearing from Jenny Byrne, who is the chairperson of Dublin Camogie. And we're going to be hearing from Sheena Horgan, who's on Dublin Camogie's development board. They're going to be speaking to us about uh, the failure, which was on over the weekend, and all matters related to the inter-county teams as well. Nigel McCarthy is going to be speaking to us. He's talking to us about ladies football. The Dublin ladies footballers are going well in the league, and he's going to be looking ahead uh, to their progress into the knockout stages. Before that, though, we're going to look at the Dublin Senior Hurling Championship. It throws in tonight uh, in about just, just over 10 minutes' time. St. Vincent's are taking on Oliver Plunkett's own Rua out in Parnell Park, and there's games tomorrow night, and then there's also games uh, over the weekend as well. So we're going to be getting the views of Herald journalist Ronan McLaughlin we're going to be hearing from Andy Cunningham and we are going to be getting the views of the chairman of the Friends of Dublin Hurling Michael O'Grady before the hour just before 8 o'clock as well we're hoping to go out to Mick Hanley who's watching the game out in Parnell Park uh, to get a live update if you want to contact us in the studio you can the text line here 087-977-1032 you can email us gasportsdesk at dublincityfm.ie or you can head over onto our Facebook page which is gasportsdesk on Dublin City FM but we do indeed begin with the Dublin Senior Hurling Championship and earlier on this evening I caught up with Herald journalist Ronan McLaughlin uh, the first game coming up this evening Vincent's taking on Oliver Plunkett's and you had a write-up on Vincent's yesterday in the Herald a team that have got close but not quite close enough can they do better this year? Um, I think they can do better um, I think they they pushed I mean in 2017 they pushed Cool all the way in semi-final tired a bit in the last 10 minutes and I mean you have to remember Cool were all Ireland champions at that stage Last year against Valley Bowden, who ultimately went on to win it, um, I thought Vincent had the winning of the game at half time, had a, a poor enough period at start of the second half, and only really lost by four points, and that was a late goal by Aiden Mellet. So they're definitely there, thereabouts. Um, they have a very strong defence and um, very talented midfield. And this, I mean, I was listening off some of the some of the players there in the preview on tonight's paper, and uh, there's quality all over the team. Um, very good forwards, and you're really throwing the likes of. John Hudson, Alan Moore, then you've got Eric K. McBride too, and then you've got Ray McBride in midfield and Tomás Connolly knocking around that area. So they're strong pretty much all across the board. A very good goal here for Dardapura. So I'd expect them to, to push on. It's I mean, looking at the championship as a whole, I think it's very, very open. It's, it's very hard to to really pick a team that looks the outstanding bet this year. Um, I know speaking to Carl Fallon in, in that piece I did for uh, yesterday's paper, he I suppose, suppose put Ballyboden and Cool. I suppose as the two teams um, possibly out there slightly in front of a group of about four or five and I think that's a fair enough assessment basically Bowden going on last year's win and they should be slightly more confident as a result going into this year and then Cooler should have a bit of freshness about them especially with a new manager under a belt so it'll be very very interesting to see unfortunately weather this evening it's not really what you what you expect from Championship Hurling but um, you'll go out now and I'd expect Vincent to put in a decent performance 
And in terms of teams getting out of that group with them, I know it's obviously a long time before the groups will be decided, but Crave and Nathan Barra, would Crave be the team you'd fancy or would it be Plunkett or, or, or Nathan Barra? Um, you'd have to go with Crave going on what on the progression they've made in the last couple of years. I mean, they were treading water for a fair degree of time and there, were, there was little enough new blood coming into the team, but they've certainly addressed that in the last couple of years. They've gone, they're, they're a far more attacking team now and, and they're playing to their strengths and you have lads like um, Keane Derwin and Billy Ryan who've come in. They're very, very young and you, you wouldn't want to heap too much pressure on them, but they certainly represent a very bright future for Crave. And then you throw in, the, you know, your lads like Darren Kelly, Alan McCrabb, Robbie Mann, Eugene Farrell, Stephen Chester, all these boys have been um, around the block for a long, long time. And then they've a very, very talented lads in midfield, or around the middle third area, and Gary Kelly and, and um, Connor Ryan as well, lads who you know, represent it on an underage level. So Crave are definitely going in the right direction. There's no two ways about it. And I think Fionbarra are another team who are going in the right direction. They are bringing in younger players, but I, I, I would imagine that... Um, You'd be looking at Vincent and Crave to come out of that group, but I mean, I'm not exactly going out on a massive uh, leap of imagination there. Indeed, uh, looking at Group One, then two clubs, I suppose, that have put in tremendous amount of work at underage level. Crokes, obviously, a little bit ahead of Nafina in that regard. You know, getting to a few finals, but could Crokes push on this year? Could they be a team that could win this championship? They're certainly a team that can win the championship. There's no two ways about it. You don't get to. to I think it's three finals in a row now and, and uh, not do it. And they've been desperately unfortunate in those three finals. You know, could have beaten Kula on any of the days. Gave Kula, I suppose, certainly some of their toughest games they ever had um, in the last few years. Uh, and similarly, last year, they had the, I mean, going to a replay against Ballyboat. They certainly feel that there were chances um, there on the day, especially the first day, to win it outright. Um, so you you think that they they just need to tweak a few little things to get it, get it right over the line. But, Equally, you'd have to think that you know losing three finals on the bounce must have some kind of psychological effect on the team. Um, depending on the makeup of the lads, it can drive you on, and it can be a, a wonderful spur to have. Similarly, you know doubts do arise. You know in, in the heat of battle, coming into a you know a big game like that in the last five or ten minutes, and, you know, and, and perhaps I mean they are only human, so you'd you'd you know you'd be concerned one way, but similarly, you know you you think that the motivation certainly won't be an issue for them. Uh, looking at Nafina. Everyone seems to expect them to, you know, all this underage success that, you know, that should immediately translate to senior. It isn't as straightforward as that. You know, there's still a lot of players there that they have who are, there's no doubt in their technical ability and their skills, but uh, they still have to develop physically. And I think people have been a bit impatient with Nafina. They are going in the right direction on the deck and feeling they have the right man there. He knows the players inside out. Um, you'd expect them to, to go well this year. It's just I, I, I don't agree with the, the people or observers who are you know pushing for them to, that they should be in a final and they should be winning it. I think it, it's it's too soon to be uh, putting that sort of expectation on what is a very, very young panel. And in terms of the other clubs in that group, Fogs and O'Toole's, are, are they out of the reckoning? Could, could one of them be in the top two? Um, I wouldn't say they're out of the reckoning. Certainly not. I, I, um, I like what Fogs are doing. They're definitely getting their underage uh, structure um Right, I haven't neglected it for for a fair chunk of time, and they're reaping the benefits slowly but surely. With you're, you're seeing Fogs players, you know, on Dublin Develop, a lot of Fogs players on Dublin Development panels. They're they have a very good under sixteen team at the moment who've won championships the last or have been involved in championship finals the last couple of years. So they're definitely going the right direction. Um, I suppose <laughs> I seem to be saying that about an awful lot of teams, but you can see that the work at underage is, is reaping benefit. O'Toole's, I suppose, would be the one that I suppose would go against the grain in that sense. They are reliant on a, on a bunch of players who've been with them for a long, long time. Um, you won't meet a, a nicer bunch of lads in, in terms of uh, they're, they're, they play lovely hurling, they're lovely fellas. Um, you just wonder that there just doesn't seem the 
the players there who are coming through. Kane Wilson maybe would be an exception to that, but um, they are genuinely reliant on your your Cardins and your Amaras and lads like that. And um, while they'll be competitive in, in the three games that they play, and I imagine they will be competitive in the three games that they play, I would consider them, I suppose, the underdogs out of the four, and I'd imagine Fogs might look to try and sneak a win somewhere against Kilmacud and uh, or Nafina to, to try and get into the top two. But you'd have to look at Crooks and Nafina as, as the two favourites in that group. And then looking at Group 2, I suppose, uh, maybe look at Ballantyre St. John's, a club you know a huge amount uh, about. Huge amount of work going on in, in Ballantyre, you know, the big massive clubhouse that wasn't there 15 years ago. Huge numbers living out that direction now. Are they a club that can, can push on with that underage success and, and get uh, out of the group? Um, I, I don't know about Ballantyre. Um, they had a bit of momentum, a bit of wind at their backs there um, for a while. And Liam Dunn coming in now, and he, he has done well with them, but um, there seems to be just from, I suppose, whispers and words within within the the parish itself that football seems to, especially in in, in relation to the senior team, football seems to be sort of getting hold to a degree. They've they've made a very good start to the um, adult football league division one, having got promoted last year, and they've won their first three matches. So there seems to be a bit of momentum with the footballers, and because they've a fair few dual lads um, on both panels. It could just be that footballs win the battle of hearts and minds there. Now, I'm not sure, but uh, I just think it makes it more difficult for them um, when you have, I think for a while, a lot of the footballers were possibly focusing a bit on the hurling. You'd be talking about your Glenn Whelans and your Donald Gormley's and your Aidan Clavies and, and Fergal Duffy's and lads like that. But it seems now that um, football is particularly dominant and um, I, I would be concerned about them this year. And Jude's a club that, of course, that have done well in, in both football and hurling in the last few championships uh, and they'll, they'll fancy their chances of getting out of that group. Um, they will, I suppose. It's it's tricky with Jude. They've, um, I suppose, they got the two county finals, and I I think you know the one that they lost to Kilmacud when when they had a great opportunity to win it a point up, and for if you know Ryan Brain had a wonderful chance to put two points between the team, and it went short, and Crows had an equaliser and beat them in extra time. It, 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 I think the, the scars of that are, are still probably quite raw still. Um, I know they they bounced back very well to get the the, the county final the following year, and were well beaten by Kula, but. I think they're a team that have possibly evened out a bit. Obviously, Danny being back and playing hurling, you know, at a consistently high level for Dublin would certainly help their causes. And um, you know, there's no, 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 probably no better player in Dublin. But um, I'm not sure what else um, they have. They haven't seemed to have brought in an awful lot of new lads. It seems to be the same lads, and what they've always struggled to do is put up really, really big scores uh, when they've needed them, and that has been their Achilles' heel, uh, just not being able to get the scores when they've needed them, and that was something that would probably trouble them later on in the championship. But you'd expect them to put in a, a good showing in the group stages. And of course, Kula uh, and Bridget's the other uh, the other teams in that group. Kula, obviously, what more can we say about them? Injured a couple of players that are out, I suppose. But other than that, you would fancy Kula to top that group. Yeah, but I think they'll have a. I think they'll have a very, very tough game on Saturday. And um, St. Bridget's have, um, are going very well at the minute. Um, Johnny McGurk keeping an eye on the team. And um, they have some very good young hurlers knocking about the place. And um, you know, boys like Owen Dunn and Keanu Sullivan, um, Andrew Dunphy, people like that. Um, Donald Ryan. There's some fine players there. Um, they've always sort of tended to give them cool a, a fairly decent game all the way down the years. And uh, I'd expect something similar. It's just interesting to see Kula. I mean, they're they're such a brilliant team. Um, it's, you're probably dependent on the same bunch of players again. I'd just be very, i very intrigued to see how they go out on this year because um, I think you know if everything's right with Kula. I think in terms of personnel, um, 
they're the, they're the best um, bunch of hurlers that we have in the county. It's just a case of whether everything is all right, and we won't really know that now until the ball's thrown in Saturday evening to see where exactly what pitch they're at. But they're going reasonably well in the league, and um, I think you know you, you'd obviously expect a good showing. And I suppose if you're putting a gun to my head about ultimately who will be the winners come you know October, early November, whenever it is, I, I'd probably uh, head towards their direction. And then Group uh, Group Four, the defending champions, Ballyboden Saint Enda's taking on Lucan this weekend. And I suppose maybe the the the, the kind of the, the narrative about Ballyboden was they'd got that little bit too old and they weren't going to win another title. And then they came out of nowhere last year and, and went and did it. So obviously you'd write them off at your peril. Um, and uh, Lucan are a club that are improving as well. Yeah, I think we've we've had to do a bit of a review on Ballyboden, and, and I'd be uh, guilty of that certainly last year. I, I I went against them in a couple of matches. I think against uh, against. Uh, St. Vincent certainly um, I, I just thought Sins might have them on the day and, and then against Kilmacud as well I thought Crokes just might have too much for them but they've um, you know they proved me wrong and um, you know they are they're a very consistent bunch of hurlers I was slightly worried about what they might have up front you know in terms of support for, for Conal Keeney and Paul Ryan I wasn't sure about the supporting cast in that sense but lads like Aidan Mellis and Niall Ryan Paul Darty, they all stood up so their defence has always been quite strong and, and you know Luke Horgan really, really came through last year a full back for them you know an area that they were slightly concerned about since since Stephen Heine uh, retired so and they proved me wrong, and I suppose the narrative as well as changing them. I mean, they had a very, very disappointing uh, performance in the Leinster final, and everybody was saying, you know, are Ballyboden any good? But I mean, yeah, you have to look at what Ballyhell have done subsequent to that, that they've, um, you know, they've gone on and comfortably won in All Ireland. That their performance, uh, you know, St Patrick's Day was was exceptional. Um, that's the level that you know Ballyboden aspire to. Um, I think it would be very difficult for them to retain their, their county title, but that they have as good a chance as anybody. But Lucan will be tricky on um, Saturday. To, you know, Lucan are a decent side. They always have been a decent side. Once again, I suppose consistent scoring has been their Achilles heel. Um, generally, very, very good in defence. Um, you know, with, with Chris Cummy dominant at centre back. But the further you get up the field, you know, there are slight chinks there. They do have some young players coming through, but I'm just not quite sure whether they'd be ready yet to, to really take over the mantle. So I would expect that to be sort of a, a tense, low-scoring occasion. Of course, Lucan beat them two years ago in the championship in the quarterfinal, so they, they certainly won't fear Bally Bowden, but you'd have to think Bowden will get off to a winning start. And then the other game in that group, uh, a bit of a local derby, of course, Satanta and Whitehall. I mean, for either of those teams to, to get out of the group, they, they'd want to be winning that game. So it's a massive game for those two clubs. It is. I mean, you don't want to be too disrespectful to either club, but they might be looking in terms of, you know, just securing their, their senior hurling status for next year and that they would probably manage to do that if if they win the game. Um, I was impressed with Whitehall last year. Uh, I I thought they gave Kim a, code, a, a very good game in um, you know, Till Park and they, they did the same. I'm pretty sure it was, in, if memory serves me right, it was Nafina here in Parnell Park. They gave them a very good game and things were very, very tight up until sort of the last 10 minutes. So, I think their team definitely on the up. Um, they've got some fine young hurlers. I mean, you just look at Owen O'Donnell and, and all the praise he's been getting recently. But there's a very strong supporting cast. Interesting to see if Cormac Costello does. But you have the two um, the two Greys as well. Dara Gray has really, really improved as a hurler since he's been involved with Dublin. And that's a massive benefit to them. And I think certain players do, you know, once they get involved in the inter-county scene and get all that training behind them, their confidence just goes through the roof. And I think he's one player who's, who's made massive strides uh, his brother's uh, one of the best free takers you have, knocking about the place in Dublin. So they have some uh, some serious players coming through. Um, and I, I just think, well, they can't have an awful lot of pace about them and they're a very quick team. I would look to score goals and then you know, run down the middle with Fionn McGee. But I, I just, uh, I would see Whitehall as, as the better bet there.
And our thanks as ever to Ronan for joining us. Now I also caught up with Andy Cunningham to get his view ahead of the start of the Championship. A bit like last year, players who are going out to play for their clubs now know that there's uh, a new Dublin manager involved and there's Championship games to look forward to. And I suppose Matty Kenny will argue that maybe he has his squad settled. But if, if somebody impressed at this time of the year, they could always possibly get a chance of, of getting into a squad for the summer. Well, there is that possibility. But uh, realistically, you know, you're talking about what... Uh, month, maybe five weeks to the, the, the Kenny the game, the big game, uh, you know, Nolan Park. So I said he would, he would know it's probably panel. But like, there's always someone that would maybe put their hand up in the championship and look. He'd be like any any other any other team manager and selectors. They'll go out and look at these uh, championship matches and uh, they might just unearth somebody because, you know, like you know, there is always somebody that might just slip under the radar. And this evening it opens up with uh, Vincent's taking on uh, Plunkett's out in Parnell Park. So I suppose Vincent have been knocking on the door, not getting to finals, but getting to, to the latter stages of this championship for the last couple of seasons. Well, Vincent's are always a hard championship. I mean, like, you know, they, they have a great record uh, in Dublin Senior Hall and Championship. Uh, probably, you know, it's a while since they did win a championship. Uh, I think it's 93, I think, since the last one of the championship. But uh, I think the last couple of years they've been in quarterfinals, semi-finals, so, and obviously a hard nut to crack. Uh, an interesting match there tonight uh, coming up against uh, Oliver Plunkett's who are a Division 2 team you know and so wouldn't be used to playing in, in, this, in the Premier competition so it's a tough one for them you know Vincent's a fairly settled squad uh, have some good results in Division 1 but Plunkett's have been knocking on the door very disappointed last year in the B Championship they beaten by Fogs but uh, look they'll go all over tonight and it uh, should be an interesting match and the other teams in that group Craig Kieran and Nave Finn Barra they play tomorrow night uh, either of those clubs uh, potentially going to get out of that group well look if you're looking at that group you're probably looking at the, 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 the Vincent Kieran uh, yeah, Vincent Kieran's to can probably come out of that group I know Finn Barra's at the moment have a good few injuries haven't uh, done too well in, in Division 2 of the league. There is a difference when you look at the two teams like Plunkett's and Vimbars playing against quality opposition from Division 1. There is a huge gulf, I find, in Division 1 Division 2. So it'll be tough for Vimbars. But Vimbars will, will go all out for it. Uh, tomorrow night, you know, they, they, they're always knocking around Vimbars, you know. They've been playing the last number of years in the A Championship and, and they'll get, give it a good go. But uh, in that group, you know, you can realistically you're looking at Vincent as the key runs to come over. And then, of course, Saturday is when it gets particularly busy. You've Group 1, Chemical Crocs taking on Nafina and Fogs and O'Toole's in Group 1. Yeah, if, uh, I suppose if you're looking for maybe a standout match, you know, one of the big ones, and it always throws up the fourth round of the champs, you're probably looking maybe at Crocs and Nafina, two quality teams. Crocs haven't done so well in the league this year, but in fairness, they had uh, four or five players, maybe six players with the Dublin panel, and uh, probably, you know, they haven't, this will be the first time, probably have them back this season. Nafina have been knocking on the door, but just can't seem to, you know, like quarterfinals, semifinals, great potential, but just can't seem to make that breakthrough. Croaks, a very seasoned team, and some, as I say, big players to come back there who've got their big game time with Dublin in the National League, so you, you'll fancy them there. On the, on the out in Monastery Road, then, you have my own club of tools uh, against Fogs, I suppose they maybe you could say used to be two heavyweights uh, in, in the Championship, but uh, they're operating in Division 2 at the moment, uh, so that'd be an interesting match. Fogs have some good wins in Division 2, uh, or tools unbeaten. Uh, hard one to crack there, you know. Uh, I know uh, Fogs, uh, Vincent Tien has taken them over this year and uh, they're supposed to be going well. But that could go either way. Hard one to call that one. But just before I let it, that uh, that group go, Chemical Croaks obviously have, have got to finals in the last few years and Kula, you know, went out and, and then you thought Bowden might be the team that Croaks could finally beat, but it, it didn't work out that way. So 
there's a club that, that are big, big playing numbers, huge amount of investment, obviously uh, high-profile managers, but they haven't quite managed to get over the line in the last few years. No, well, I suppose, like in fairness, it's, it's been dominated by, uh, well, cool, I suppose, winning the championships and, and then going on winning two All-Irelands. They're a tremendous team. Uh, so they'll be in the mix again this year. And then Bally Bowden, you know, last year, you know, probably... Maybe they were unlucky croaks, but Ballyboden, I thought, were excellent last year. Didn't perform really up to it in the in the Leinster Championship. Very disappointing to come up against a great Kenny Elfish. But, uh, you know, they, they'll still be there. Like They've just an endless stream of players coming. Like I think they've four or five adult teams. You know, So you've just got to get some out of that and out of the juvenile structures. But, uh, as I say, a high-profile manager and uh, he'll be under pressure probably to deliver this year. Yeah, absolutely. We look at Group 2 then. Uh, cool, obviously, the standout team there, but they have uh, Bridget's on Saturday and there's also Jude's on Ballantyre St. John's. Yeah, Jude's on Ballantyre St. John's. Yeah, yeah, that's a good either way. Jude's have been thereabouts. Uh, has a good result in the championship. Very unlucky there the last number of years. Probably not as strong as they used to be. Ballantyre St. John's... Uh, you know, like they haven't really, really set the fire or the world on fire in, in the championship. But uh, you, you'd probably fancy Jews and that. But that, that's, you know, that, that could go the way. Cool and Bridget, yeah, look, cool. They've won their three matches in Division 1 and they, they've they had a couple of players, what, three or four with Dublin. So, you know, they'll be strength with them coming back. You know, it'll be interesting to see how they react from last year, like after coming down after winning two, two All-Irelands and, and dominating Dublin Hurling. Not, not making her off the line last year, but they'll still be a serious outfit. Uh, word is that they, they, they're going to try and get that trophy back. And you're probably, you know, Bridget's, as I say, you know, a good championship team, but you'd probably fancy Cool in that one. And, and I suppose on that Cool point, you know, team goes away and, and does amazing things like they've done, they're always going to be a bit tired, particularly players who were playing inter-county on top of that. So the little bit of time away, although obviously I, I know some of them have been involved again with Dublin uh, um, in the spring, but a little bit of time away off the field, get recharged the batteries. They'll be they'll be very difficult to beat this year. Oh, they will. There's no doubt about it. They have the quality, and, and they they would be like croaks. Like they they've teams four or five uh, adult teams in, in different divisions. So you've got an immense pick there. But you know, like they won two All Ireland, dominating Dublin for three or four years. You, you can go a bit of stay. You can just go off the boil a bit. As you say, they've got a break now. They'll have the Dublin players back. New management. So, uh, you know, probably bring something different to the table, but uh, they'll be a serious self in the championship. And then very finally, we look at uh, Group 4, Satanta against Whitehall, Column Kill, and of course the defending champions, Bally Bowden, St. Endes, taking on Luke and Sarsfield. So, I suppose one of the criticisms maybe of Bowden in previous seasons was that maybe a couple of the players they had with them were a little bit, you know, older and, and maybe they weren't up to the standard, but they obviously completely blew that theory out of the water last year. Can they defend their title? Yeah, they did a great run last year. It's not there about it. A lot of people did, you know, saying that maybe... Certain players had gone, gone over the top, but like you know, they they still had it when when it came to them. They were just a serious outfit last year. They got a great run, they got it together for for for, for the, the latter end of the championship, and had a tough run in. But uh, that would be an interesting game with Luke and Sarsfield. Luke and Sarsfield haven't performed too well in Division One, but always a good championship team, uh, qualifying same final, always knocking on the door. So interesting to see Ballyboden, year older, uh, how do we react? But. Uh, probably uh, go in uh, they've won their first three games in the league I don't think Luke can have won so uh, Ballyboden in that one and the Satanta Whitehall game well Whitehall come kill they've come uh, good the last number of years uh, up into Division 1 in, in the league uh, seeing them against uh, Finbars when, when they actually won promotion and I was very impressed with them uh, so you know they, they'll come in brilliant too and Satanta you know it'd be tough for them you know in playing in Division 2 there is that as I say that gulf but uh, that that could be a tricky one. Satanta, you know, on, on a bad side. Uh, I've watched them and they're, they're good. Uh, 
very eager side, but maybe maybe Whitehall might just have too much of them. When you look at somebody like Whitehall, you need, I suppose, uh, talismanic players, and Owen O'Donnell has received a huge amount of praise in the press for performances he's put in for, for Dublin uh, this spring. Now, he's obviously, we've seen him over the last few years, he's obviously been good in club championship and for Dublin, even when maybe things weren't going that well. But he's the kind of player that could, could lift a team and, and maybe get them to, to get a couple of results together this spring. Well, this is it. Like, you know, you know he, he was picked on the National League team in the year, full-back, I see, there uh, during the weekend, like, uh, and rightly so. Well, well merited. actually had a fantastic... Um, Really, probably one of the standout players. Like you know, if you pick maybe four or five players that have stood out in the national league this year, he, like he he'd be one of them all over the country. And uh, as I said, he had had a tremendous season. Uh, the last time I seen him uh, playing against Finbars, he's actually playing midfield. So it'd be interesting to see where he does play. But probably will go to his favourite position, fullback. But uh, yeah, they, they will lie in that big time. But as I say, there's some good other good players. Whitehall come kill. Uh, it's just see this Carmen Costello play for them, you know, you know, he probably injured at the moment, but like he, he, he gets some scores for them so uh, they could do with him back. But uh, as I say, probably you know, that could be a, a tricky one, uh, sort of a bit of a, a little derby there between Satanta and Whitehall. And indeed a big game for both clubs. Now my thanks as ever to Andy for joining me on the show. Just before we go to Michael O'Grady, don't forget we are hoping to go out to Parnell Park just before 8 o'clock to get an update on the game there. Mike, uh, Mick Hanley even is watching the game for us. But indeed I spoke with Michael O'Grady, the chairman of the Friends of Dublin Hurling earlier on this evening to get his view of the championship. Vincent's have been a team that have been knocking on the door I suppose. Uh, can they go a bit further this season do you reckon? They have indeed. You know, I thought last year, you know, they, um, you know, I just thought they would go a bit further last year. The, you know, the previous two years they were kind of unlucky. They were drawn in a very strong group of two teams better than them. And last year they got through into the into the quarterfinals, you know, and um, then onto the semis actually. And but I just felt they played below par on the day. A lot of good hurlers in that team. A lot of good young lads, you know. Carl Fannin's a very good manager. Um, you know, I just feel this team. Ree McBride, for example, and Hitchu, obviously, just to name two guys there, who are very good hurlers. Um, you know, they will give a good kind of strong basis to the team. And I believe this year they could go further than the semi-final. Also in that group with them, Craig Kieran and Nathan Barry, who don't play till tomorrow night, but who would you fancy to go out of the group with Vincent's? You know, two two great clubs, two great, uh, maybe long-serving long Dublin clubs. You know, Craig Kieran have a few young lads. I saw them playing Lucan last year, my own club last year. I was highly impressed with them. I just felt they didn't play that well in the championship. But those young lads are progressing now, you know. And they're good hurlers. The Crave always have a good team. I just feel the Crave might cheer us. Then you look at uh, Group 3, which is beginning, or Group 1, I should even say, which is beginning on Saturday. And I suppose Kilmacud Croaks are arguably the, the outstanding club in that group. They play Nafina, and you also have Foggs and O'Toole's. Yeah, you know, I think to me that this could be one of the best, the best games of the weekend. Uh, you know, Nafina are a very young team after winning three minors and three twenty ones. I think. are very close to that. You know, they're, they're getting better the whole time. A lot of good young lads in that team. Uh, you know, and while they've no maybe... Uh, Outstanding guys in the sense of, I believe there were twenty really good hurlers, so uh, and uh, for example the Curries and so on, you know, and um, I think they would give Kim McCord plenty of it. They just needed maybe to get more consistent in their play. They're a really good team. I have them tipped to win a county final. I tipped them last year to county final within three or four years. It could happen earlier, but it should happen. And why not this year? And in terms of those two teams, is it Crokes and Nafina who are going to go out of the group, or, or might O'Toole's and I suppose Fogg's as well have something to say about that? The, the, the will, I don't think they'll do the best. Obviously, O'Toole's, unfortunately, you have a lot of uh, older players, you know, right in charge of this world, have been fabulous servants of, of, of O'Toole's, you know, and they're just short of a few young lads to really give great life to the team. It's a shame because they're a fabulous club, you know, down, down the years that have been great. 
supporters of Dublin Hurley and I just feel that themselves and Falls will struggle this year. Let me look at Jude's. Uh, we look at Group Two, which contains St Jude's. Uh, they're taking on Volunteer St John's, and you also, of course, have Kula, who have been uh, nearly the benchmark, obviously, apart from last season, uh, taking on Bridget's. Maybe talk to me, if you would, about Volunteer St John's, a club that have been threatening. You know, a lot of good underage teams, but they've never quite been able to do it at senior level. Could this be a year where they get out of the group? That's right. You know, the uh, you know they should obviously should be getting out of the group very soon. You know, Glen Whelan, for example, just one of the players they have, hundred players. You know, and um, they again. You know, they, they can play well and they can play terribly some days, you know. Very, very inconsistent. They made, I think they made progress on the Liam Dunn the last two years and um, they just need to build on that, you know. They will give Jude's, Jude's will be the favourites, obviously. I think they will give Jude's plenty of it. But Jude's, I'd imagine, Jude, with Danny Sutcliffe back to his best form, I think that uh, if Danny, if Danny gets, plays the same way as he played for Dublin recently, he'd make a big difference and I believe they'll share that match. And then Kula Bridgets, I suppose any great team is, is going to have a point, you know, it's going to happen with the Dublin footballers eventually. They're going to lose a big championship game. It happened to Kula uh, before Christmas, obviously, when they were knocked out of the championship. But they'll be refreshed, they'll be ready to come back and they'll be looking to, to regain that Dublin championship title. I agree, you know, I was told shortly after the last in, in the uh, in the Leinster championship there last November, I'm told they already had met, made their minds up to give it a, another go this year. You know, they're a fabulous club, you know, um, had three great years, really, you know, and... Uh, this year they'll be hard beaten, but they're meeting a very good Bridges team who really impressed me last year. I know they've won two good wins in the league so far. And I think, you know, they will push Kula all the way, but I just feel that Kula's experience uh, with Willie Marr, now his manager as well, they're a serious team. They'll probably share it, but they will, they will not give any, any big hiding to Bridges, who are, again, an improving club and great to see them there. Finally, we look at Group 4, the group that has our defending champions, Ballyboden St. Endes. And of course, they're taking on a club that's close to your own heart, Lucan Sarsfields, on Saturday evening. Can Lucan spring a surprise here? Well, obviously, I wish they could. They met recently in the league, you know, Ballyboden had a kind of a facile win. Even I know on the day, Lucan missed their penalty and they considered very, two very soft goals. The fact is, those things happen, you know. Probably shouldn't. I believe they'll be much better next Saturday evening in, in O'Toole Park or in Parnell Park. Uh, but you'd have to say that Belly Bowden that they are totally focused on Joe Fortune as the manager. Joe doesn't take any chances. He never did. He's, uh, he prepares thoroughly for all games, and I, he'll do the same. And, you know, I hope Luke can turn up and play a serious game. I'd love to see him winning, but I just feel that um, Belly Bowden will win that match. And then we have uh, Satanta and Whitehall Column Kill. So, uh, kind of a, nearly a local derby to look forward to there. Can, can either of those clubs get out of the group? That, that's interesting, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think you know, if we say Belly Bowden will top the group, I just I think you know, uh, you know, Satanta and uh, and Whitehall, Whitehall are a young crowd, you know, led by Ola Donald, for example, you know, uh, Dara Gray, a uh, lot of good hurlers in in Whitehall. Satanta, I thought, made good progress last year, and uh, that'll be a nip and tuck, you know. And I would tip Colin Hills to maybe to to say that, but you know, if Lucan can play to their best. They should finish second, but there's no guarantee of that. And I suppose these championships, when you're heading in under a, with a new county manager, you know, does that make a difference to players? Do players sort of think there's a chance to maybe put yourself in the in the shop window at Matty Kenny, or does Matty Kenny know the club scene here so well that it's already too late? The squad is picked for the summer. Well, you know, Matty has been lucky in the sense of being Division One B. He was able to try out players because normally from Division One, where there was relegation, Division One A, you couldn't afford to try out players. Now Matty has tried him with 28 players, so I would say most of them probably are on the panel. But obviously, if some guys turn up and play two blinders in the next three weeks, you know, I would say Matthew would pull them in because, you know, there's, there's always room for good hurlers. 
and there's a few young lads out there maybe who didn't impress so far, and hopefully they will turn up for these matches. You know, a lot of good hurries in Dublin, but they need to have two really good games. I presume Matty will have all his men out uh, scouting and watching, and I'd say if anybody turns up and, and burdens it up, as we say, in two games, I'd imagine they might be getting a call from Matty. And thanks as ever to Michael for joining us on the show. Now, we're going to have to leg it out for a break. Do stay tuned. In the next half an hour, we're going to be hearing from Sheena Horgan and Jenny Byrne from Dublin Camogie, and we're going to be speaking to Nigel McCarthy of We Are Dublin. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin. And welcome back to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. Now, before the break, we were talking senior club hurling. We're going to move from that on to ladies football. Uh, the ladies football is doing well in the Lidl National Football League. And earlier on this week, Suzanne caught up with We Are Dublin's Nigel McCarthy to get his view on their progress. Well, our senior ladies have secured their place in the semi-final with, and they still have a game to go. But before we look forward to the game against Cork, look back with me over over the year so far, and how do you think they've been they've been doing? Uh, yeah, I think they've been going along nicely at a, a good pace. Uh, Mick has had a... He's got the chance to have a look at basically the players that are available through his whole squad. He's given plenty of game time to some of the new minors that have come on board. Um, he's tried out a few, you know, probably tactical things that, that you know, looking looking towards the summer more so than, than the league itself. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's, he's pleased enough. They, they, they lost their opening game against Donegal and... Um, you know they haven't they haven't looked back since as yeah. I say uh, they they won every other game you know uh, Galway was going to be a big test the last day out because they were the only unbeaten side still left in the division and um, you know they, they beat them as well so yeah I'd say he's very pleased with how it is and uh, we'll sort of I, I'd say he'd probably look at the, the game uh, coming up this weekend uh, as another opportunity to maybe uh, you know have a look at some players again and maybe try out a few a few new things as well yeah. um, you know seeing as they already have secured our semi-final place yeah and is there anything that's happened this year with the team or anything they've done that you didn't expect or you know that's that's kind of shocked you uh, no nothing has shocked me no uh, <laughs> take a lot to say this stage. yeah nothing really shocked me it's it, it sort of they were a bit slower getting up, up to the pace maybe because um, yeah. the players came back late like uh, Sinead Ahern and Noel Healy uh, who we know has uh, you know with work has, has switched uh, uh, clubs down to Morn Abbey and Cork uh, and all of that was sort of going on so these players you know Lindsay Davey was was another one sort of he tried to bring back in late uh, into the panel so you know it was it was a normal sort of uh, start to, to, to the league where it was uh, let's have a look at some players let's see what we have uh, um, you know, yeah. for options later on in the year, they also they, there's a few players gone from from the squad as well who've gone travelling or, or other bits and pieces. Um, so you know, it, it was a case of having to find the new new faces yeah. as well to replace these players. Like you know, Leah Caffrey will be will be a huge loss in, in the defence. But in saying that, he got back Rachel Ruddy, who was missing last year because she was away travelling. So it sort of you know. It, balances itself out in that sort of sense but you know there was other areas of the pitch where you know players had, had gone off as I say for the year they, they won't be around this year not available for selection so um, mm. you know he brought in the minors uh, had a look at him gave you know players like Kate uh, Kate, Kate Sullivan and um, you know those uh, Sarah Fagan and a few others um, you know plenty of game time let's see what they have and you know, I'm sure he, he's pleased. I'm certainly pleased with, with what I've seen from them. You know, their you know their first couple of games at senior level. So I'd say, look, he's very pleased. Nothing shocking has happened. There, there hasn't been suddenly a change in, in 
you know, a, a drastic change in how they play or anything like that, you know, and I suppose he's not, he, you know, if he's going to do something like that, he's not going to show it in the league. Yeah, yeah. And out of the players, the new faces that have come in and the old ones that are there from last year, who's been, who's the driving force of this team this year? Um, the driving force... Uh, you're still looking at the players like Lindsay Davy and Sinead Ahern. You know, like Sinead Ahern in, in two games, two full games, is, is the top scorer in the league for Dublin. You know, that just yeah. shows you how, how A, potent a forward she is, but, you know, and, and what, also what a leader she is as a captain of the team. You know, you're still looking at players like uh, Nicole Owens, uh, Carla Rowe. You know, these players are the players, you know, driving the forward unit on. You then look backwards at Alwyn Carey and Neve Collins and players like that who, you know, are solidifying the defence and, and, and are the leaders in, in the defensive unit as well, you know. And, and then, as I say, they're, they're adding in these new players. You know, Siobhan Colleen uh, really has stood up during this league. Um, she, she plays for Clontarf. They got to the intermediate uh, club final and she scored, scored five goals in that. That sort of form uh, led Mick to give her a, a decent run in the side to see, you know, what she could do on a consistent basis. And, you know, he hasn't let her down. As I say, Sarah Fagan's been slowly introduced. She was the captain of the minors last year. And then you've got Kate Sullivan, who who looks like a real find uh, in, in the forwards. Um, very, very intelligent player. One of those that sort of, you sort of look at her, her profile and you look at her age and you go, no way, she's not that young. There's no way she's that young with the way she plays, you know. So, yeah, look, as I say, a lot of the, if they don't mind me saying the old heads are the ones putting their hands up again, <laughs> as you would expect, because, you know, these should be the leaders of your team. Exactly. These, these are the players who have been playing for the last number of years. They know what's expected. And, you know, these are the players, when new players are coming in, these are the players that they have to look up to. And they should, you know, they these are the ones that are, are, are you know, leading these, these young players along and showing them exactly what's expected of them and, and what's needed, you know, to, to continue on um, the great run they've had for the last couple of years. Yeah, and looking at the league and looking forward to, to the end of the league, the semi-final and further on to the championship, what kind of changes or what do you think that they should be looking at? Um, I, at, at this stage now, I think it'll be a case of, uh, you know, picking starting 15, the one that's going to finish the league off from once they get over this weekend as I say this weekend you know there's another chance to experiment again there's another chance to you know pit maybe some of the younger players up against Cork you know look Corker from Midwell outfit they, we, we all know their record you know they got to the final again last year they, they'll be gunning again uh, to, to win back that All-Ireland title that they, they almost own themselves you know and um as I said, once you get over this game, then you'll be expecting once you get into the semi-final that you know basically the, the the side you can expect will be the side that will you know um, play in the championship will be nearly the one that'll be picked from that stage. So it'll be a case of right, let's settle the side down now. We've had a look at what what we needed to have a look at. We know the players that we have. Here's a start at fifteen. We also know the players that you know we'll be we'll be bringing in in games to finish games off, and you know that that's basically what you'll do. Yeah, and then looking at the Cork game itself, what are we expecting coming up against Cork? Um, it's a funny game, this one. Um, as I said, for both sides, they have the opportunity to do a bit of experimentation. Um, it also gives a, both sides the chance to lay down a marker. But you know, there's a good possibility that these two sides will meet again in the semi-final. The way because of the way it works out, you know, the top team plays the fourteen, second plays yeah. third. Uh, Dublin are on top at the moment, Cork are in fourth. So you know, if Dublin were to win um, at the weekend, then it's going to be a Dublin Cork semi-final. So okay. um, you know, it, it, it's 
this weekend's match is a weird one. It's a weird one. You don't know what's in either manager's heads about what they want to do. And uh, they, they could both turn around and go, look, we're going to meet the semi-finals. Are we going to show our hands uh, in, in this game? Probably not. Mm. So you probably find both managers will probably experiment with their sides and try a few things out, you know, because it's not a dead rubber. But, you know, it, it, it's it, it's a game where, you know, more than likely these sides are going to meet anyway um, come semi-final stage. So, uh, that they'll, uh, <laughs> maybe it might be a bit of shadow boxing going on at the weekend. Yeah, and travelling down to to Mallow for the game. Do you think this will have any effect on on the team or the score? No, no, they've uh, uh, they're well. They, you know, the majority of that side are well used to long yeah. trips to yeah. uh, different parts of the country. I don't think anything like that would phase them. It certainly wouldn't be using it as an excuse if they weren't to perform on the day. Yeah. And then the semi-finals themselves will take place over Easter. It's a quite, it's a fast enough turnaround to kind of the final game in straight into the, I think a two week there's in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And look, the, the, you're, you're, look you're only looking at, uh, I think the, the actual final itself takes place on the uh, 5th, I think it's the 5th of May. So, you know, they, they, it's another two weeks, yeah. yeah, they'll need they'll need a couple of weeks in between that, you know, um, mm. as well, to, to, you know, to, to give players a break as well. You don't want them playing the semi-final and then straight away the final weekend, the final. So you'll have that two-week break as well, so or two to three-week break, yeah, depending. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're going to... Uh, they're going to um, f- finish. <laughs> they're going to have to have a quick turnaround again, as you say, for the semi-final. Again, that might have, that might have an impact on team selections at the weekend as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they may be looking at that. You know, there's so, there's so many factors to take into it. Um, I, I think the, the the two semi-finals are going to be exciting, and the, I think the top four sides in the country are there. Uh, I think they'll be the the, the four sides that will be contesting for the All Ireland title as well later on in the summer. Um, so you know, look, these things, uh, leagues and stuff like that, tend to sort out the top teams. They, you know, it's usually, as they say, the cream rises at the top <laughs> after the initial uh, sort of uh, first couple of weeks where teams are trying, to, you know, players and different systems out. And uh, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to the semi final. I think it should be a cracking game. Um, if it's Dublin Cork, uh, you know, the rivalry continues. Uh, there will be one eye on the summer as well. Uh, both sides will certainly be going to uh, to make it through to the final. Again. And thanks as ever to Nigel for joining us on the show. Do make sure you check out wearedublin.com for all the latest in all four codes of Dublin GAA. Now moving from ladies football to Camogie, the failure took place around the county over the weekend. And earlier on this week, Suzanne caught up with the Sheena Horgan from the Dublin Camogie Development Board to see how everything went down. Well, probably one of the, the busiest weekends uh, of the year for Camogie. And it was the failure weekend just gone. Tell me, tell me a little bit how the day went or the weekend oh, went. The day, the weekend. I, t- I tell you, the best way to describe it is to call it a festival <laughs> because it really, really was. It was so much fun. We got the sunshine for some of the day, some of the weekends. We didn't get the rain, which has happened in previous years. So that certainly added to it. But I mean, to describe it, if you look at the numbers, we had over a thousand players, Incredible. 150 mentors, 30 reps, um, 12 Dublin officials in all six venues and literally hundreds of volunteers. And we estimate probably three to four thousand spectators. So that's an awful lot of people. So all of those people and individuals and clubs and teams contributed to that amazing kind of festival atmosphere that we had. And we were really delighted with it. I mean, Sela is always great fun. It's always lots of crack. 
But one thing in particular we were trying to remind everybody of and really push harder this year was to almost go back to the spirit of Fela. Mm. And we had a, a team of the tournament competition and that was about rewarding the team, the clubs who kind of showed the most kindness, respect, inclusion, all of those good positive things because it's just such a, a fun atmosphere. It's not just about the silverware. It is a competition, of course, and the girls love when they win and boy, do they celebrate. <laughs> but, you know, it's also all the other sides as well. And, you know, everybody really got stuck into that. So every official and parent and manager I was talking to said that their host their club, their venue where they were on the Saturday was fantastic. And then the atmosphere in both O'Toole Park and Parnell's on the Sunday for the six finals was just like stonking. It was really, really good, really positive. Brilliant. And going, going back to the very beginning, how much planning and how long does it take to bring this all together? probably more pl- more time than we than we possibly have I mean, as you know everything to do with kind of camogie is volunteer led yeah. so I mean I put in a huge amount of time and others put in 10 20 times the amount I don't know where they got the time from there's um it, it's kind of run and put pulled together by the executive and also then the Dublin Camogie Development Board came on board this year which I'm a part of so there's an awful lot of bodies involved there's so much experience from guys who've been running it for years but we probably added a few more newbies into the fold this year. So there's, you know, there's notes and organisation that goes organising refs, organising hosts, explaining what the planning element for all those hosts are. There's thousands of sandwiches and teas and coffees that are distributed over the weekend. All the hosts doing this for free, like they were just phenomenal. And and then there's all the communication with the clubs. And that's before you're even trying to manage a team. So those managers who are pulling together a team, they're trying to organise their girls, make sure that they have all the registrations up to date. Yeah. They need to look at their under-14 team. Do they have enough? Do they need to bring some of the under-13s up? And again, you know, there's a huge amount of planning that goes into that. They need their, their three managers their first aider, their water person, um, they need their umpires and linesmen because they get involved as well. So there's an awful lot of bodies, an awful lot of paperwork, an awful lot of time <laughs> involved. And with yourself, who else is involved on the committee that are that are there every day with you? Oh gosh, well in terms of the on the executive board in particular, there's the secretary and assistant secretary, so Brendan Cooper and Jim Shanahan and, and Jim, both of them actually are just a font of knowledge. Whenever I was asked a question I just referred to the Oracle, which is what I kind of jokingly call Jim. So if he hears that he'll probably cringe, but there you go. But just their knowledge of not even just the game, but the clubs, the nuances, the individuals involved, you know, that the kind of issues that people may have or not have and preempting things is just huge. There's all of them people like Barbara Grinnell and, and Pat who've been involved for years, who took a wee bit of a step back but still participated hugely. There's obviously Jenny as chair. There's the de- um, development board then who, as I say, we all stepped in as the newbies. So we kind of partnered somebody who had more experience and then hang out all Saturday at the various venues, kind of participating and helping out as much as we could. So there's, you know, two dozen or so Dublin Camogie people involved and then all of the volunteers, as I say, from each host venue, yeah. which, which was just fantastic. But that's what GAA is really about. It's about the of community, course. it's about the people and it's, it's the volunteers getting. And then the support, you had a great number there. Oh, brilliant support. I mean, there were people with face paints and <laughs> there were gazebos and teas and coffees and music and flags and banners. It was really, really brilliant. And we had, I mean, the spirit of Thalen, the point of being that competition was 
really to encourage that. And every venue, we nominated a team. And, you know, it was a tight call. It was very difficult trying to just choose one. So Erin's Isle won it in the end and fair play to them. They have little videos and everything <laughs> up on social media of them singing and dancing all the way through the competition. So, you know, they really, all of that added to the atmosphere. And it is meant to be about fun and it is meant to be about participation and inclusion. And that certainly wasn't lost at the weekend. I think, to be fair, uh, Niall Scully, who did a piece in yesterday's Herald, probably summed it up. He has a brilliant line where he says, in failure, the result is only the small print. It's how you play the game that matters. And I just think that's brilliant because the skill that was on display as well as the camaraderie and the teamwork and the fun was just fantastic. Well, we haven't even spoken about a game yet and there is a thousand players there. So <laughs> tell me tell me a little bit about uh, about the matches that were on. Well, I, I have to say now, I have um, I have four daughters and two who play. So my first failure was four years ago. And even the difference in skill levels in those four years was phenomenal. The amount of hooking and blocking on the go was just extraordinary. So every single match was brilliantly played. A lot of them were very tight. I was in Division 2, so we were out in Kula. So we had some fantastic teams, very, very tight down to the wire. We had, I think, um, Kula, Clontarf, Vincent's were in the group, as well as Kilmacock Croaks, which I'll hold my hand up and say is my own club, mm-hmm. um, and Ballantyre St. John's. So the two finalists who went through were Ballantyre and um, <coughs> Kilmacock Croaks. And, you know, in fairness to the Ballantyre girls, they were such a beautifully skillful side. They beat us in one of the round-robin matches on the Saturday and then again came out in the final and stepped it up again. So it was a tight enough match with four points between it. But honestly, it was so end-to-end. Lots of battling, lots of brilliant long striking. As I say, like I was so impressed the difference in four years has made with the skill level of all of the girls across the board. You know, and even then going back out to see the Division B final out in uh, Parnells, where it was Lucan versus Croaks with the other Croaks team. There was just there was some fantastic battling, some fantastic striking, and a lovely player. And forgive me, I can't remember her name, but the Lucan player who won player of the match in fairness to her, had some phenomenal skills. Yeah, yeah. And as you mentioned there, four years of a difference between your your first Vela and Mm -hmm. this Vela. How how has everything changed or how do you think, where do you see Camogie going from it with these girls? Do you know, it's it's interesting. When you look at the statistics around Camogie, the drop-off times tends to be between around under 13 and also then again between under 16 and minor. But I just think between... All of the movements around the 20 by 20 and all of the female sports that are coming on. But there's so many more role models. And it's that theory of can't see it, can't be it is absolutely true, I think. And I have four daughters, so I'd absolutely endorse that. So it, because we're seeing more of it, we're seeing more in the media, we're seeing more in our community, seeing more female sports. But I think it, it bodes well for Camogie. I think we have more girls playing. Mm. It will always be a battle to keep girls participating and playing. But, you know, that's why fail is so important. Yeah. Because it's at that age, that under 14 age, which is tricky. So you're talking about first years, second years. There's lots of other competition for other sports and for other activities. So we have to keep them interested in playing. But participation, in in my view, certainly, and I know it would be a view around a lot of the, the tables around uh, Dublin Development Board and that, will be we have to make it fun as well. The skills are important, but we have to make it fun to keep them coming back. Yeah, exactly.
And looking, the, the Division 1 team, Ballyboden St. Enders, they're now looking forward to the, the national fela. They are indeed. The Division 1 and Division 3 go on to yeah. nationals. So that that's coming up. Um, so that's obviously something which is another fantastic opportunity for them to go out. And, you know, it, it's just, I think, being a fela finalist is fantastic in itself. Being a winner and moving on to the national stage is, is even bigger yeah. and better. And then, of course, there's also the fela skills test, which comes up in April on the 22nd, which is the Easter Monday. And that's when three or four girls are submit, entered this competition. And there's, I think, six or seven specific skill tests, including the likes of the sideline cut. So some very specific skills that the girls will be tested on. And that, again, is another great day out and a lovely opportunity for, for girls to shine, but also to have a bit of fun because there's so many of them in the same spot at the same time. And indeed, our thanks to Sheena for joining us on the show. Staying with Camogie, we're talking to the chairperson of Dublin Camogie this week to get the latest on all things intercounty related. It was a very busy weekend and it's very busy, everything going on at Camogie at the moment. Uh, first of all, tell me a little bit about what's happening on the county scene. The county scene, unfortunately, uh, minors were beaten by a brilliant Cork team last Saturday, so they've bowed out the All-Ireland Championships. Mm. But we do have Leinster coming up, which is grand. So they'll be back, they'll be back training with the adult squad and then they'll be heading out to Leinster with their own team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd just like to thank Willie Brain for all his work there as coach with the minor team. He did a great job. Yeah, disappointing. I think one of the best matches that happened this year was, I think, the first game by the minors. It was, you know, a fabulous game at Camogie. It was brilliant. So, yeah, that was the one against Wexford. Yes. And they actually took Wexford by surprise. They actually taught Wexford a lesson showing <laughs> how to play Camogie, which was brilliant to see. Yeah. It was brilliant, especially at that age. Yeah. And then that's the age group we have to try and keep playing and going. And for them to win is great, is great for them to move on. Yeah, yeah. And then after that game, it, it just wasn't, it, it didn't come together for them the same beautiful way again. No, it didn't. Unfortunately, they travelled down to Tipperary and they were beaten down there. Um, in the rag and temporary smoggy grounds and I put it down to them actually travelling the two hours on the bus yeah. and you know the stopping and all that but then Galway came up to, to Dublin two weeks ago and they actually taught Dublin a lesson but in fairness they were brilliant brilliant they won the 16A All-Ireland and the 16B All-Ireland Championship last year Mm. So they would just be that panel playing. So they're excellent. They're, and I can see them going on to win the All-Ireland, the minor All-Ireland. Yeah, yeah. And how long now before the, the Leinster scene kicks in? Uh, the Leinster scene kicks in in July. So hopefully we'll get the girls back training with the adult team, with Frank Brown and the adult team. Yeah. Um, and then we'll give them June off for state exams. We have a good few doing leaving there. Okay. And then hopefully bring them back as the minor panel for the Leinster. Yeah, difficult year with leaving sir with so many on the team. It is, it is, and you have to you have to look after them as well. I mean, the last thing you need is for a broken hand or you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. But it is hard for them to try and balance, particularly at that age. Yeah. So it's really, I'm delighted. We had so many out for trials and I'm really delighted with the girls themselves coming out and playing. And an awful lot of them stepped up and actually played intermediate for us this year, which is brilliant as well to see. Oh, the intermediate team are one that I, I think I've been following with Brendan for, for the last four or five years coming up from Premier Juniors or Juniors first and it, you know they've been the star team for so many years I know yeah and then they, they we actually lost quite a few of them some of them bowed out some of them are going to do um, J1s on holiday so it's a relatively new panel there now at the yeah, moment yeah. Um, so they're playing Division 2 league 
Yes. And unfortunately, we have a relegation match now in two weeks' time on yeah. the 14th of April. But hopefully now we can stay up, keep maintaining yeah. status for next year. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing. It's staying up because they had such a tough... It was a tough kind of change into Division 2 coming up from Division 3 that now by Absolutely. staying up... This is the. These are the important games for them now because they can work on it and keep working. Exactly, and it's all experience. And as I said, it's a relatively new panel as well because most of the girls, um, most of the girls went up senior. I think we six or seven gone up senior, and a few of the girls bowed out. They want to go travelling and whatever else because yeah. they've been three years on on the junior premier team trying to get to the holy grail. <laughs> so as soon as they got there, they were like, "Right, well, that's it. My, I'm t- it's time for me to take a break." Yeah, but um. Yeah, so it's just maintaining that Division 2 status now and having a, a senior one and an intermediate team going forward. Brilliant. Well, looking back to, to last weekend, the senior one fixtures were on. Tell me a little bit about what happened. We're in the senior one fixtures, Vincent were out and they've won their second match. So that's 2 2 for Vincent. Nafina as well, 2 2 for Nafina. Bally Road St. Andrews had a bye and they've won one match. And Oliver Plunkett's had a bye and they've won one match as well. So it's all playful. Yeah, brilliant. And I'd just like to mention Fogs. It's their first year ever up at senior yeah. in Dublin. So And they're going great. I actually refereed them myself last Sunday and they're, they're a really good team. So I'd just like to compliment them for coming up and, and playing away. Brilliant. And this weekend, after last weekend with the failure, this weekend is the annual Congress. You, they don't give you a break, do they? No, I know. I don't know if it's their bad timing or their bad timing, <laughs> but we don't get a minute. There's no such thing. Camogie is 24-7 at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have annual Congress in Balmaslow this weekend. Yeah. Um, it should be okay. There's actually no real change or anything. So it's just the usual changes, motions, all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. We're heading down Friday. We usually meet on a Friday night and then we have all day Saturday and a banquet dinner on Saturday evening. Brilliant. So there's six, six, six from Dublin going down. Brilliant. And there's, there is so much going on when you think about Dublin Camogie. Summer camps are already starting up. Summer camps. Well, they're actually Easter camps. We've three yes, camps going yeah. in Dublin. We've Easter camps, summer camps and Halloween camps. So yeah, the Easter camps are kicking off. It's the 14th, 15th and 16th of April, the first week of the Easter holidays and um, we're going to have senior players going out training the kids and hopefully we're going to have uh, there could be nine or ten and as far as I'm aware Finney McMahon will be popping out as well just to give a little workshop and a talk to the girls Brilliant Brilliant Well look I can't let you go without talking about the Fela because it's one of the biggest weekends in, in Camogie A thousand players there Tell me a little bit about it all it was actually amazing. There was an awful lot of work and I'd like to compliment Jim Shanahan and the development board, Sheena Horgan. The amount of work that went into it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think we were two weeks meetings at meetings every night of the week just <laughs> to get it all up and running. We had programs to print, we had fixtures, we had meetings with managers. It was just, but on the day, it was just spectacular. The Saturday yeah. and Sunday was just unbelievable to see the, the children out playing, the yeah. young people out playing. I myself was out more at a Division 1 and I was just standing there looking at at one stage there was two pitches going with games on them and the parents were encouraging it was just brilliant to see it was like being at an All-Ireland final the noise coming from the pitches (laughs) and then yesterday we are sorry Sunday we had the finals 4 in 2 a park and 2 out in Parnell Mm. Um, I went out to Parnell and I was delighted that Scully Cunnell actually won the Division 5 it's the first ever failure. And Thomas Gleeson, who is a hurling referee and also referees Camogie, is actually the GPO in Scully Connell. So I was delighted for him that 
that they got the win. Brilliant. Well, everyone kept describing it in the in the newspaper by Sheena as a festival, and that was kind of how it almost seemed. Yeah, well, that's what we were hoping to have. We were hoping to have it as as a festival of Camogie. Yeah. And what actually what the development board came up with this year was a, a prize for the best team that showed the best spirit of Sailor. <laughs> And it was fantastic. Aaron Giles yeah. in Division 1 actually won it because they arrived out in Avor with sunglasses and flip-flops because they were on their holidays. And they had a dance-off in the middle of the pitch with the mascot. They were just fantastic and they lifted everybody's spirit. So their prize is that the 24 on the panel actually go to the Easter camps for free. Oh, brilliant. So that was their prize for, for bringing the spirit of Fela. But I have to say, we had spotters at every single division and there was every team showed it because it is about the kids and it is about enjoyment. So it was brilliant to see. So Uh hopefully next year we run something similar. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin.